0: This is a podcast from Rover. All right, welcome back into the show. Well, we're about halfway through the consultation period on Hiwaka Ekenoa. Of course, the government proposal came out a few weeks ago, and people are putting submissions in regarding that at the moment. We're joined now by Steve Cranston from Groundswell NZ. For his two cents worth on what's going on here, Steve, good to have you back on the show. How are you?
1: Oh, good, thank you, Dom.
0: All right. So uh, halfway through the consultation period, no doubt you've uh, you've thrown one in there yourself.
1: Um, yes. Well, Groundswell is putting a uh, submission together, um, but yeah, I guess at this point it, it's really hard to see um, the submissions making any difference to the process. Uh, all the issues are, are more at the higher level, and the consultation is um, or what they're consulting on is actually quite a narrow. Um, set of issues at this point, and yeah, I think we need to step back and and look at the whole process again. Myself, what
0: what um, what are some of the key things that you reckon are the are, are worthy of note um, at this halfway point?
1: Well, the biggest issue at the moment, Dom, is there's there's a lot of confusion out there about I guess the differences between the two proposals. So, Heiwaki um have obviously put their proposal forward, and that. You know, that got a bit of pushback, but nothing spectacular at this stage. But then when the government released their almost identical proposal, the rural communities absolutely hit the roof. And I've found that quite bemusing because um, on this issue, I actually agree with Damien O'Connor. Um, I may never say that again, <laughs> but but he's actually 100% correct. They've only tinkered with it. The, the changes that have um, been made are very insignificant you know you're talking about very small areas of sequestration which um, might be excluded but there again he's right the actual cost of administration for the sequestration probably outweighs the value for farmers the other issue is around the pricing um, how the pricing is set but at the end of the day the government calls the shots they'll set the pricing how they see fit it's, you know whether they listen to industry advice or not is entirely up to them. And that's the same for both proposals. So at the end of the day, they're basically identical. But the, the reason why farmers are, are getting so upset with the current proposal is the fact that Hiwaki Ekanoa they, they actually cooked the books during the consultation period. They left out all the costs associated with um, farms being converted to carbon farming. All that loss of production, all that emissions leakage, all the you know 20% of sheep and beef farmers that are going to be um, go out of business, all that would still happen under the Heawock Econow proposal, but they just excluded that from their modelling. But ironically, they actually included the emissions reductions, the 4.4% emissions reductions from those conversions, but they didn't include the costs. So that's. That's something that needs a lot closer uh, scrutiny, Dom.
0: What sort of scrutiny would you apply to it, Steve?
1: Well, I would be asking these industry leaders why they aren't telling farmers the true costs of the Hiwaki Ekonoa proposal. Because that's, you know, there's even the National Party out there and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon trying to um, score political points attacking the government proposal. But none of them actually, and I can guarantee the National Party has no idea that their proposal, they support the original, will cause equal harm to rural communities. And it's the same with emissions leakage. Emissions leakage actually has nothing to do with the pricing mechanism. Whether you incentivise the reduction or tax the reduction, it's irrelevant. It all comes back to the targets. If you're going to achieve a 10% reduction in methane and you don't have the uh, mitigation technologies available to do that, and we certainly don't, there will be emissions leakage. So it's really quite dishonest for the National Party to be attacking the government on this when they would... Their plan to achieve their 10% target would produce exactly the same amount of emissions leakage. And this is all the problem we have at the moment. Everyone's talking across each other. No one actually seems to know what's actually going on. And we're just getting nowhere.
0: Yeah, well, that's something probably a lot of people would agree with. That is for sure. So what you're trying to say here is that the proposals are more alike than people think.
1: They are very alike in, in damage and in the actual cost to farmers. And here's a point: if, if and I see Jim Vanderpol and Andrew Morrison are out there trying to, um, you know, say say how different they are and how they're significantly different. Well, let's see some. Let's see them quantify that. What are the actual cost differences to farmers between the two proposals? We are absolutely talking at the margins here, a few percent either way. Um, It's really going to make no real difference, and farmers need to understand that, because there's a real risk here that everyone jumps on, everyone's, you know, absolutely hammered the the government proposal. So there's a real risk here that the original might actually sneak through and the government might jump on that and basically end up with what they wanted anyway.
0: (laughs) So So there's good politicking going on here, Steve. Good politicking, you think?
1: Well... I don't know, I think they're all kind of um, making a mess of this myself, but I think it's it's really on the industry leaders to be upfront with farmers about the true costs of the Hiwaki Kanoa proposal. So, you know, excluding the carbon farming, you know, that was done during consultation, so farmers didn't get upset at how bad that proposal was. And that really needs to be looked at. Why was that decision made? You know, I've spoken to Hewok Ekanoa Chair Kelly Forrester on this and I asked her, you know, like a lot of farmers don't actually understand, um, you know, there's there's 64,000 hectares of um, carbon farming planned per year um, till 2030 in the Hewok Kanoa proposal. That wasn't really discussed, that consultation. And I asked her, why why isn't this being talked about? And she said that, um, well, they made the decision that Pricing emissions will have no effect on the rate that farmland is converted to carbon farming. So that makes no sense at all. But that is the excuse they've used... To, to keep the carbon farming conversions out of the discussion. And I don't think that's right, Don.
0: Yeah, well, I can probably see a correlation there. I understand what you're saying. I have had uh, Andrew and Kelly on in recent weeks as well, and I'm sure they'd uh, potentially take umbrage at that, Steve, but you're standing by your position. I'll have to, you, you, you're, I'm going to have to get them back on again to uh, have a look at some of these things, but um, you're standing okay. by that.
1: Well, no, that's 100% the facts. It's very easy to check. Um, you just look at the the modelling that Hiwake Kanoa did. They said, and this is actually looking quite laughable now. They said that sheep and beef production will only be reduced by 0.1% by 2030. Well, how did they come up with that number when the government is saying uh, 20%? Mm. You know, there's a big difference here, and until people actually understand what's going on between the two proposals and all this murkiness around the modelling, no one's going to be any the wiser. So I think we need some straight talk and some answers from these guys because, um, yeah, there's just far too much confusion at the moment, and I think a lot of it's deliberate.
0: Steve Cranston from Groundswell NZ, appreciate your thoughts and uh, coming on the programme. Thanks very much. Thank you, Dom. Well, the a good one to finish on for today. LA food truck serving a taste of New Zealand grass-fed beef and lamb. This is a beef and lamb New Zealand initiative. They launched a food truck sampling tour as part of a new Taste Pure Nature campaign. It involves Atkins Ranch and First Light Farms bringing a taste of New Zealand to LA area residents. That is the show as always. Thanks to Netspeed, netspeed.net.nz. Mark and Leah next.